0: It's not just created with our hands it is created with our minds now i'm talking about idols idols that's right good morning good afternoon good evening my name is rod hemry
1: i'm janice and
0: this is bible discovery tv we are discovering the bible as we read jeremiah chapter 10 And we're going to get into that in about five minutes time. So stay there as we search the Bible. In the meantime, Corey is here. Corey, what's going on?
2: Well, actually, mom and I, we are going to be merging our segments today to have a discussion about Jeremiah chapter 10, right?
0: All right. Well, in Jeremiah
3: chapter 7, verse 12, God asks his people to recall the tragic events at Shiloh. And so that's exactly what we're going to do today
0: very good and that's coming up in about 20 minutes time so there's a lot to study a lot to work for as we open up the word of god or the bible and listen to what the lord says so let's do that get your bible guide out the july bible guide which you already have if you're on the mailing list if you're not we'll tell you how to do that in just a moment and let's hear what god says
1: Jeremiah 10, 1 through 10 Hear the word which the Lord speaks to you, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, Do not learn the way of the Gentiles. Do not be dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the Gentiles are dismayed at them. For the customs of the peoples are futile. For one cuts a tree from the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe, They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers so that it will not topple. They are upright like a palm tree, and they cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot go by themselves. Do not be afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, nor can they do any good. Inasmuch as there is none like you, O Lord, you are great. And your name is great in might. Who would not fear you, O King of the nations? For this is your rightful due. For among all the wise men of the nations and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. But they are altogether dull hearted and foolish. A wooden idol is a worthless doctrine. Silver is beaten into plates. It is brought from Tarshish and gold from Euphaz, the work of the craftsmen and of the hands of the metalsmith. Blue and purple are their clothing. They are all the work of skillful men. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At His wrath the earth will tremble, and the nations will not be able to endure His indignation. Jeremiah chapter 10, verses one through 10.
0: Now it seems to me it's very interesting as we read Jeremiah 10, 11, 12, and 13. We're going through the Bible and that's an exciting journey on this day as we continue our discipline of reading the scripture. You know, I need to tell you that it seems to me That today, the more we assert our own amazing individuality, the more attention and worship we seem to draw to ourselves. Is that right? Well, in Jeremiah 9, we see God speaking to a people who are impressed with themselves, who are fixated on what they can and have created through their own hands. Idols are not a foreign concept to our modern Western culture, are they? They just look different. When we celebrate individual empowerment and celebrate deficiencies in character disguised as strengths, we become our own gods. Now consider art, consider music and entertainment. At their best, they are creative expressions that can convey meaningful messages. But at their worst, they are indulgent, self-absorbed exercises aimed at garnering praise from the Creator. Are we creating art to give glory to our Creator or to gain glory for ourselves? Our desire should be to honor God and bring glory to His name. Let's find fulfillment in being children of God not in praises of other fallen men. This is very important today, beloved. We need to understand this. You know, Jeremiah brings with it not only the broadcast of prophecy that it is, but it also brings with it the reality of who God is to us and our relationship with the Lord and our relationship with each other as human beings. And we need to focus on that. Today, we're going to study impressive, And as we do that, I want to pray. But before we do that, let me say, turn your Bible guide to today's message. And if you don't have one, we'll send you one. If you call us or write to us, or if you go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com, BibleDiscoveryTV.com or BibleGuideDiscovery or BibleDiscoveryGuide.com, then it'll take you to a page for your donations. Thank you so much for those. And then it'll take you to a page where you can download it exactly how we have printed it. And uh, you can get a copy exactly how it is. Now, this is important because as we look at this and understand it, we need to hear from God. Lord, I, I pray today, as we look at your word, that we would see your word. We wouldn't see your word to support my ideas. We wouldn't see your word to support our ideas. But we would see your word to change us. We see your word as authoritative. So help us, Father, in Jesus' name to hear what you said to Jeremiah and our relationship with you. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we said together, amen. Let's look at the first scripture. This is really interesting. Jeremiah chapter 10. Now, Jeremiah chapter 10 says, Hear the word of the Lord, which the Lord speaks to you, O house of Israel. Hear the word which the Lord speaks to you. Oh, house of Israel, verse two, this says the Lord, thus says the Lord, do not learn the way of the Gentiles. Do not be dismayed at the signs of heaven. I want to read that again. Do not learn the ways of the Gentiles. Do not be dismayed at the signs of heaven for the Gentiles are dismayed at them. For the customs of the peoples are futile. For one cuts a tree from the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe, and they decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers so that it will not topple. They are upright like a palm tree, and they cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot go by themselves." Do not be afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, nor can they do any good. Now, this is important, beloved. Listen carefully to this. Idols or things we create with our minds or our hands are not God. They're not. As Christians or Christ followers, we worship and serve the Lord Jesus Christ and nothing else. We worship and serve the Lord Jesus Christ and nothing else. If there is anything of value inside of me, it is not from me. I'm a sinner saved by the grace and power of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. It's God. And it's the same with you. Beloved, we must never worship ourselves. We must put the glory where the glory is on God. Very important. We love the Lord. So Jeremiah chapter 10, verse six says, inasmuch as there is none like you, Lord, none, O Lord, you are great and your name is great in might. You who would not, or who would not fear you, O king of the nations, for this is your rightful due. For among all of the wise men of the nations and in all of their kingdoms, there is none like you. But they are altogether dull-hearted and foolish. A wooden idol is worthless doctrine, is a worthless doctrine. Silver is beaten into plates. It is brought from tarshish and gold from Upas, And the work of the craftsmen and the hands of the metalsmith. Blue and purple are their clothings. They are all the work of skillful men. Which brings me to point two. There is only one God. We should praise His name and worship Him alone. God is alive. He is alive. He speaks to us. He talks to us by the power of His Holy Spirit. That's the reality of who God is. And I believe that with all my heart. There's nothing that anybody can say to me that turns that down. That's very important. Keep that in mind. As Christians, Christ followers, we worship Him. Jesus Christ, the living God. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 10. Here's what it says. But the Lord is true, is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth will tremble and the nations will not be able to endure his indignation. Now that's important. God is all powerful and holy, holy. That's important he is the true and living God beloved we should remember that the Lord will judge all our actions and our reactions remember it's said that we can act like a Christian but when it comes to reacting like a Christian we don't do very well do we (laughs) that's why the Holy Spirit has come into our hearts as we become Christians so God can change us and I pray God is continuing to change me and I trust You're praying that he continues to change you. And Father, today, as we've learned this from Jeremiah, teach us your way now and help us to do the right things today in this world. That's totally crazy. Help us, Father, to understand that people in this world, they need to find you. Come to know the Lord in Jesus' name. and Jesus, show them who you are in dreams, however it is, that they may come to you and make you Lord of their life. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Hi, Rod Hember here. We go through the Bible every year from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Now you can join us and watch at the time you like by searching Bible Discovery TV on the Roku box or on Amazon Fire TV. Anytime you wanna watch us, we're there. Get a hold of it, watch us anytime you want to.
3: Welcome back to the program. My segment today is actually based on a passage that was part of our reading assignment over the weekend, and that is Jeremiah chapter 7, where God spends some time dealing with some of the incorrect attitudes that his people had towards him. See, even though that they were sinning sinning against the Lord by serving other gods, they thought that they were safe. They thought that God wouldn't bring destruction on them or destroy the temple. But God gives them a very sober reminder in Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 12 of what happened at Shiloh. And to fully grasp God's message here, we really need to review the history of what transpired there at Shiloh. And to do that, we need to go back to 1 Samuel chapter 4. And to make it interesting, we're going to do this from the perspective of a man named Ichabod, who was born at that tragic time. His mother called him Ichabod, a name meaning inglorious, which exactly describes the circumstances surrounding his birth. His grandfather, Eli, was God's high priest at that time, and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, served as priests under him. But unfortunately, Hophni and Phinehas were very wicked and godless men who didn't know the Lord. In fact, one author goes so far as to describe them as a shameful embarrassment. A perfectly justified indictment, since they not only took prime-cut sacrificial meat intended only for God, but also had the audacity to sleep with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle. Obviously, these sins were very, very great in the eyes of the Lord, because they were treating his offering with contempt. Regrettably, when Eli learns about the evil his sons are committing, he doesn't go to very great lengths to put an end to it, because, as the Bible explains, he honored his sons more than he did the Lord. But if Eli wasn't going to deal with it, then God certainly was, and his dealings would be much more severe. So severe, in fact, that God declared it would make the ears of everyone who heard about it tingle. Indeed, in a prophecy against Eli's household, the Lord verily assures him that in time, his descendants would be stripped of the honored and privileged priesthood. Not only that, but God also promised Eli that there would not be an old man among all of his future descendants, because they would all die in the prime of life. And the sign to him that all this would be fulfilled was the death of his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. While this transfer of the priesthood was fulfilled years later under the administration of King Solomon, who replaced Eli's descendant Abiathar with Zadok, as promised, the Lord gave Eli a sign in his own lifetime that this judgment would surely come to pass. And that sign was the death of Hophni and Phinehas. This occurred during a heated battle between Israel and the Philistines, After suffering an initial loss, the Israelites thought bringing the Ark of the Covenant along with the priests Hophni and Phinehas could help secure the victory. Instead, the Ark of God was captured, and Hophni and Phinehas died. Although Eli had fully expected the news about his sons, when he heard that the Ark of God had been captured, he fell backward off his chair, broke his neck, and died, because he was very old and heavy. When this tragic news reached Eli's very pregnant daughter-in-law, the wife of Phineas, the shock sent her into life-ending labor. In her final moments, she named her newborn son Ichabod, saying the glory has departed from Israel. Truly tragic were the events surrounding the birth of Ichabod, who would grow up without father or mother, and was seemingly destined to die in the prime of his life. Though they thought that they could go on sinning without consequence, God warned that he would bring destruction upon them, and he used the Babylonians to do it. Very inglorious indeed.
0: In fact, it was, and uh, this is all part of Jeremiah, of course, and Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet because Mm -hmm. a lot of what he spoke was not popular with the people in the day, and uh, we should remember that, but at the same time, God was with him. Mm-hmm. And God said back in chapter one, he said, you'll go where I tell you to go. You'll do what I tell you to do. And you'll yeah. say what I tell mm-hmm. you to say. And I will be with you. And I will strengthen you. So uh, very, very important. Very mm-hmm. interesting, Ryan. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Corey.
2: All right. So, Mom, yes. you and I were talking about Jeremiah chapter 10. And, and you know, in, in Jeremiah chapter 10, God is having the prophet talk about idols and idolatry that Judah is guilty of. And I think it's really easy for us to look down on ancient people for their idol worship, but we live in such a different time. Our needs are different than their needs were. See, like in the ancient world, idols made sense uh, for for Judah because their immediate need was for survival you know one famine one bad crop and your family could die and it's not like that in the west here any longer we're we're far removed from that because of our systems of imports and exports um so it made sense for them them looking to find ways to feel more secure uh, about um having a consistent supply of rain, a consistent supply of food, protection from warfare, protection from sickness. Now, they were supposed to rely on God for this. But in the cultural ideas at the time, there were territorial gods as well, lesser gods that they wanted to appease just to kind of cover all their bases, to, to, to make sure that they had some sort of sense of security. Now, in our Western world today, we're not worried about survival. Our purpose is no longer make the food so that we can eat the food, so that we can live another day and provide for our families. That's not you know, for, for most of us, what we're looking for. So we are in turn looking for a different purpose. And we look to the outside world to do that. And I think a lot of times we're not creating idols, but we are creating things in our lives, whether it's our work or our art or or things that we are creating with our hands. And those things garner attention for us and they become our fulfillment. They become our, idols to us, or they can become idols to us uh, rather than us acknowledging God. And I think what's really interesting about that is as I was reading Jeremiah 10, I was thinking about all of this because of verse 11, where God has Jeremiah go through all of the idols and how they're created with things from the world, you know, with human hands, they create idols. And then verse 11 says this, tell them this, these gods who did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. And that still applies to Mm -hmm. us today. God plays this card where he goes, okay, that's great. You're creating all of these things and that makes sense for you. But guess what? I created not only your hands, but the things that you are using as materials to, with your hands. Mm-hmm. I am the God of creation. So rather than looking at all of these things, look instead to me. Yes. And some people might say, well, I don't
1: understand how we can do that, Corey. Mm. And I think if we, how how to best articulate this, when we are doing things when we are creating things when we are living our life when we are going to our our daily jobs whatever it is that we do in life as a believer as somebody who follows god we understand that we are placed in this time in this season for a reason mm-hmm. we are given abilities by god that if we if we create those things they will only have eternal value when they impact somebody with the gospel message mm-hmm. of jesus christ when when the things things that we create when the things that we do lift up who Jesus is when we can be that reflection when we can be that example rather than mm-hmm. creating those things or being in that environment where we always have to be the one on social media to get the thumbs up from everybody right when our only intention is to be everybody's buddy Mm-hmm. Or, or to, you know, live and speak one way with this group of people and another with,
2: am I making any yeah, sense with yeah. that? And, and I mean, and it's about acknowledging God in your life in and in what it is that you're doing with your hands, whether it's professionally or creatively acknowledging God. I mean, the Proverbs say, in all your ways, acknowledge yes. God and he will direct your paths. And he's going to give you ways of thinking about your purpose in this life that are that are different than even what I could give you. I could give you suggestions. But the best the best way is for you to ask God, how do I acknowledge you in my work in my everyday life? because I want my purpose to flow from serving you rather than serving myself and trying to build up a life and a name for myself. I want to build your kingdom. What does that look like in my life? You know
1: And that's when you look at the man Jeremiah mm-hmm. and God spoke to him so early on. And you mentioned it earlier in the program, Chapter One. In Chapter One of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah was not excited about. He was he was nervous, mm-hmm. and and so many of Jeremiah's messages were hard and harsh, and he took a lot um, from people, uh, both. Well, he took a lot from people. A
2: lot of flack. A lot of flack. And a lot of physical abuse as well. Yes, he
1: did. And yet, you know, it's the same with us in a much lesser way. Not everyone is called like Jeremiah, Mm -hmm. but we have to remember... And I'm kind of losing my train of thought here, Corey. So so help me with this. Mm-hmm. With Jeremiah, he was called and he still had to fulfill those things where he thought it was a weakness. But with God, that's a part of this wonderful relationship that we can have with him. Mm-hmm. As followers, there are things that God calls us to do that are very uncomfortable. Things that we don't think, you know, if you said to me, uh, you know, I want, I'd like you to go to Brianna, my niece, and, 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 and do something out of her pottery because mm-hmm. she's a potter. Well, I don't know how to do pottery. Mm-hmm. I would think, well, that's not my talent. That's mm-hmm. Brianna. But if God is calling me to do something, he can take something that I see as a weakness in me and God can turn that around and it becomes a witness and a testimony to myself mm-hmm. of the power of God in us that so often God is, if he has called us to do something, he's given us the tools mm-hmm. in order to be able to do that. Even in Jeremiah's case, when we when we take a look at his book.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's so interesting how God, how, how we see God moving throughout Jeremiah, you know, speaking through Jeremiah, but, um, it's interesting because a lot of the other prophets, we just had the messages from God, but it is true that in Jeremiah, not only do we have the messages from God that Jeremiah spoke, but we have some of the correspondence and the speaking that Jeremiah did to God as well and God directly to Jeremiah so we do have this personal element there mm-hmm. so we get to see how he struggled and yes. we get to see how God helped him and showed him and e- there's even some times where, where we're going to read it as it comes up where you know Jeremiah goes have you betrayed me God? Like what's going on? You said that you were going to strengthen me and here I am in a pit like a yeah. literal pit what's going mm-hmm. on? And God uses those opportunities to teach Jeremiah and to teach the people and around Jeremiah. People
0: around mm-hmm. yes. What does and, it mean by the, I mean Barak, of course, was his scribe. Mm-hmm. And we think of Jeremiah as writing this alone, but he wasn't alone. No. And so he's he's writing this, but God has a message for, for Barak mm-hmm. in chapter 45, which we'll continue to read. Um, and God says, now, listen, I've got to address your secretary, so this is what you say to him. And he wrote it down. And it's absolutely fascinating how God deals with every one of those things. Jeremiah, it's so personal. Uh, because he takes the the pain Mm -hmm. of having to say the things. you know, When he says to the people, all that you're saying is uh, not gonna happen and the opposite's gonna Mm -hmm. happen. I mean, they're not gonna take that lightly.
2: You have to allow yourselves to be taken over by a foreign power. That was essentially Jeremiah's message. You have sinned and now at this point, even if you repent, judgment is still coming. So repent, accept the judgment, and live, Mm -hmm. don't accept the judgment and and die. die. So there wasn't like this great redemption that was gonna happen. They were still gonna have to live through tough times, but they were faced with a very difficult decision.
0: And he told them, like he told the king Zedekiah, he said, listen, you're gonna see that you're not gonna escape. You're gonna see the king of Babylon face to face. Your your eyes are gonna talk to him. And the king just rejected him and said, why do you always say this negative stuff about me? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's really important, but Jeremiah, we we never know what happened to Jeremiah
2: after he went to Egypt. We, we don't know.
0: yeah, we don't know what happened to him, but it's very, very interesting. And, and this is one of the reasons I like Jeremiah. Anyway, I didn't mean to jump in, but there you go. That's okay. Rumble is a great social media platform. It's an excellent system. And uh, if you wanna get on Rumble, I'm on Rumble. If you wanna get on Rumble, Bible Discovery TV is there. So go to Rumble and look up Bible Discovery TV. When you do that, it'll take you to our programs which are on there and you can begin to watch it. Let's pray. Today we pray, Lord, I, I wanna praise and worship your name today. I wanna praise and worship your name always every day. In the name of Jesus Christ and we said together amen